Hi, I'm Jessica Kiesel. I'm a senior director at the Midyar Network. I lead our learning and impact work here. As way of introduction, the Midyar Network is a philanthropic firm that builds to invest more inclusive and equitable societies. We focus on three themes, responsible technology, reimagine capitalism, and cultures of belonging. So today I'm going to share with you how we've shifted our approach as we've worked more and more to adjust our work to the complex systems that we work within and how we're utilizing emergent learning approaches and also how we have started to embrace systems change um, head on in general. And we're gonna just talk about how that works in the digital tech space. So as we've been trying to shift our strategies to better align with how we understand how change actually happens, we've started to play around with different analogies. Our partner, Marilyn Darling, who is also the founder of the Emergent Learning, she often says, um, we're moving from being chess players to soccer players. So I'm gonna use that as a starting point for us and just say, in model social change, we often pretend that we can be chess players. We sit outside of the game, we take steps that we try to predict cause and effect, and we are reactive to what's happening on the other side. And I, you know, I think often this means that we're often focused on not taking out the next chess player or, you know, winning that particular game. Um, and we try to fix assumptions about the complexity around us in order to feel like we can make decisions with more certainty. But in our gut, I think we all know that that's not really how, this is not a chess game. The world is, um, and the digital tech space is made up of many different players with power structures and cultures. Um, they're ever changing and things like pandemics and the economic crisis, changes in political context, all of these things can really like radically shift how we work. New digital tech innovations, um, major tech player moves, sort of like what they're doing in the countries you're working within, all can radically shift what's possible, but also what, what might be a priority. And so what if we found another analogy? So this soccer analogy puts us in a very different place. You know, we're not sitting outside of the game. What if we're now a midfielder? And so football or soccer, as many of you know, um, is really dynamic. Um, I was once a midfielder um, when I played soccer in high school. And, you know, I would sometimes flex back to help the defense, you know, pass the ball, always be monitoring what's happening in the field, be moving up and supporting the strikers and the forwards, sometimes even stepping into that role when there was an opportunity. And so isn't that really more like how social change happens? But maybe there's actually, you know, especially for philanthropy, we can imagine that we aren't even on the field. Perhaps really um, we're the groundskeepers. We're making sure the grass is cut, the lights are on, people are on time. Maybe we're part of the coaching team or the sports medical team, making sure that the team players and everybody's getting along and in good health. Or maybe we're, we're sort of keeping an eye on how, how the soccer is happening in our community overall. And when you start to think about sort of this broader team and being part of the broader team, your individual goals matter less. You start to pay attention, like, are people in good relationship? Are we working together? Are people healthy? How's the well-being? Like, you know, are we taking steps to make sure we're tending to the field in the future, not just today? And and also, you know, prepared to um, deal with external shocks like a rainstorm. <laughs> um, and so maybe this is an analogy that serves us better. And I think what's really important is when you start taking out a new analogy like this, um, it really can shift your attention to what evidence is useful, how do we work together, how do we think of strategy. And so really trying to reimagine what is most important to attend to when we're, we're sort of thinking ourselves as part of a team. 
So emergent learning is a learning approach that's very well suited for that. It's basically designed to help teams um, learn and make do sense-making together so that they can adapt and adjust their plans um, as they move forward. And this really addresses a weak link um, in the learning cycle that we've seen in modern society. I mean, we're really good at planning. We're really, we're pretty darn good at acting and we've gotten better at reflecting. But when you really think about it, it's hard to let go of those plans that you've been working on and to really sort of step back and let go of some things that maybe are not serving us well, but also step into new possibilities that might let us sort of step into sort of transformational change together. And so emergent learning really sort of puts the emphasis on that by saying that a lesson learned isn't really learned um, unless you learn something, you try something, and you get a different result at the end of the day. So you actually have to put your learning into action and get a different result to have actually learned a lesson. And so emergent learning is a set of principles and tools, and really the idea is to sort of have um, a team, a group, get clear on a line of sight. We're all, why are we all here? Why are we showing up? And then to be deliberate about how we act and experiment in line with that goal. And, you know, create space for learning and reflection. Um, and so we can benefit from each other's learning and see patterns. And so individually, we can all move around the team and sort of best position given sort of our role and sort of u- unique advantages. And then we can adapt our plans and, you know, take different approaches if, if the context changes. And when we think about that, really collecting evidence in service of this learning looks a little bit different, you know. We are collecting evidence that helps us make sense of the world. And we're also testing to get feedback on our hypothesis about what's most promising, both positive and negative, and using that as a way to strengthen our decision making. Then we can also test our assumptions about the future, what we think is most promising going forward. And it opens up sort of more room also for just the fact that, that we are working in inherently uncertain environments often, and so that we have to be listening deeply to other kinds of evidence and deeper ways of knowing. So in this context, really thinking about the progress of an individual grantee is less of the focus for us. It's more thinking about what's the health of the overall system. How, you know, how are we um, looking at patterns in the system that we're attending to? Are they sort of producing the outcomes that we're hoping to see? Um, And that means we're taking more of a portfolio approach to um, assessing our progress. So while we're taking a portfolio approach, that doesn't mean that, that we shouldn't be shifting the way that we work with grantees. Again, we're working in relationship as part of the team with them. And so really the important thing is to get clear line of sight with your grantees and to be able to support them and also to learn with them. And so one example of this is on Lawyers Hub, which is one of Thea's, um, Thea Anderson's grantees. And, you know, Lawyer Hub and the Midair Network really believes that increased participation and transparency and accountability must be really at the core of designing governance of data policies. So we really... We really think that increased participation will strengthen data policies. And we saw an opportunity for the legal and tech experts to come together to do that. And so in 2019 and 2020, we supported Lawyers Hub in hosting public forums and tech policy events that led to increased participation in data policies. And this really contributed to alternative bill language um, to the national ID system in Kenya and data protection legislation. And so we then, you know, they're, they were a new player, um, and also um, this kind of work was a new thing. But we took we took a bet, and they started to host the Africa Law Tech Festival. Um, and now we're in our third year, and they have learned a lot and sort of been able to adapt that programming to so it has a broader reach now. And just to say that you know, really, the key thing here is to get in relationship, understand where there's opportunities to make connections, and to step into what could be possible. And then to learn with partners 
um, together so that they can adapt and respond as appropriate. And so in this site, you know, really understanding the progress of Lawyers Hub is understanding in the context of this data, broader data tech ecosystem, sort of what is the contribution that they're playing and the piece of the puzzle that they're playing to help to sort of support this overall goal for um, increased transparency and accountability. So in reflecting on what you shared today, um, how does your organization attend to uncertainty? What is different about this approach than what you're currently doing? And if you focus on long-term health of your systems change team, how does that affect how you use evidence and assess progress? Thank you so much.